0: Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. I'm going to be talking about something today. I'm going to specifically target a group of people. But I'm going to need the other group of people to not just get up and walk out after I tell you this. Okay? So please, bear with me. I'm going to be talking a lot about singleness and dating today. Okay? If you are married, I believe the Lord would have something for you here today. So don't leave. Um, By and large, you know someone who is single and or dating Uh, Maybe some of you have kids who are doing this or kids who are knocking on the door of this season of life. Uh, I think I have something for you and the Lord would have something for you uh, this morning. So, tis the season. Uh, There was kind of a day that happened in our culture on Wednesday. And I know some of you hate that day. And some of you love that day. Of course, I'm talking about Valentine's Day. It is a reality, it hits us every year, and some of you are like super thoughtful and do the flowers and all that, and then some of you hide in your bedroom under covers until that day is over. I get it, and we have everybody in between the spectrum. But here's what I want to start out with saying. Um, If you are someone in here and you're single, and you want to one day hear like from somebody I love you, or if you are one day want to be able to just look at somebody and say I love you, if you want to be in love, I want you to know that that's cool, like that's awesome. That's a, it's a good thing to want, and I actually would think, I, I think it's silly that if you want that, to pretend that you don't. Um, I will tell you this, single people, there are married people who want to hear those same things every day. So if you have it in your mind that, man, just, if I could ever just get married, then I'm, I'm there. Um, that's incorrect thinking. Okay? Um, if you are single here this morning, I want you to see that and know that it's a gift. I want you to use that gift while you still can. I want you to take, uh, just take hold and know that the gospel traveled the globe on the hearts and on the lips of single people. And you have that same opportunity Okay, so live in that. We are going to talk about love this morning. Okay, and no matter whether you're single or you're married, um, I think that we all have much to learn about love. Um, We need to learn to love well. So wherever you are in whatever season of life, um, there's something for you now. I have to start with letting you in on some of my story which a lot of you do not know about. And I just want you to know that the person speaking this morning can look back in the rearview mirror of his life and specifically look at that window of time between 18 and 22. And I want you to know when I look at that, I only see an absolute mess. Like, that's a season of my life. When I was running from the Lord, and I see pain in that window, and I brought that onto myself, and I caused it to others, I ran from the Lord as fast as I could, I went to the party scene on this very campus, and I went to it hard. And I went after girls on that campus, and I mistreated girls. And I hurt girls. And I was very clueless about love. And that window of time, if I'm honest with all of you here this morning, that window of time is a great source of shame for me. God is so gracious. Like, he sent a a friend into my life, a guy, and and this guy loved Jesus, and then I started hanging out with him, and then a group of people that loved Jesus when I was about 22 years old. Not about, I was 22. 22. Um, they invited me to be with them, to learn the Bible with them, to, to, to be in a group with them. And God in his sovereignty rescued me from that dark season of life. He pursued me in that dark season of life. And through this group of friends, then I began to pursue him like I never pursued him before in my life at 22 years old. Now here's the reality. I wish I could tell you that from that moment forward, like things were smooth. But that's not the story. Like, I wish I could tell you from that moment forward that the shame did not follow me. But that's not the story. Like I brought baggage with me because of what happened in this window of time even while I was pursuing the Lord. And if I'm honest, I brought baggage even into my marriage years later because of that window of time. And here's the reality. I I spent probably 15 hours or more getting ready for today. And this shame crept back in. And I had to preach the gospel to myself over and over and over as I'm studying to talk. To you today about what we're going to talk about. And I do not want that for any of you. And I know we have a lot of young people. Listen to me. I do not want that for you. And I'm passionate about what I'm going to talk to you about today. I've lived it. And I tell you all this for a reason. Uh, and I hope you guys understand this. Every, I, didn't, I never want to be on this stage. I never want to be addressing Hill City Church and not address you in a posture, a posture of humility. Like we're going to talk about some hard things. I'm going to probably sound mean at times today, but I'm going to tell you I've lived this and I'm coming at you in a posture of humility. I know how to mess things up. You hear me, college students? Like, I know. I will tell you that God in his graciousness and his kindness, like he has led me and allowed me to get some things right. So I want you to listen today. And, and if that's any of you, if this is any of your story, if it's even remotely like my story, I want you to take heart this morning and know that the gospel is bigger than anything in your world than anything in your past. So with that being said, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to look at this passage maybe a little bit differently than what maybe you've ever looked at it before. Just kind of look at it through some lenses of relationally, romantically, even I would say practically. Um, but it's, it's, it's about love. So let's talk about love. My question to you, are you loving today? As John 13, 35 would tell us, by this people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Can you give love appropriately? Like, do you love well? Is the love you have, or maybe the love that you want, is, that, is it something noble? Is it wholesome? Or is it like gross? Is it corrupt? Is it evil? Let's dive in. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. We're going to learn about some types of people here, okay? So stay with me. Verse 1, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So let me stop right there. So do I speak a certain way without love? So this could be that person... It says like all the right stuff, man. This, this guy is smooth with his words. This girl, smooth with her words, but their intentions are evil. Single people, this is that guy or girl, you know him, they're on your campus. That guy that can get anyone, but he can never keep anyone. Their noise, they're a clanging cymbal loud noise verse 2 And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but I have not love I am nothing Now there is someone that's very interesting and mysterious Ladies you looking for a guy like that It's interesting and mysterious Be careful Verse 3, if I give away all that I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. I call this person or this guy or girl, whoever, this is the Bruno Mars from Grenade, right? You know the song? So I looked up the lyrics to that song, like never once does he tell that girl he loves her. He's like, I'll take a bullet to my head and jump from a train, I need you to give me all your love. But never once, he's like, I love you. It's just noise. Here's the reality. In all these situations and all these types of people that you might see, you see a play on emotions. Like they consist of the ultimate highs and the ultimate lows. The relational highs and the relational lows, and here's the reality about the relational highs and the relational lows, they're very addictive. So you didn't walk in here this morning thinking you were an addict because you weren't on drugs, or you're not addicted to whiskey. But some of you walked in here an addict, and you're addicted to the highs and lows of relationships. I'm not just talking to single people on that one. And here's the deal about the highs and lows, like they fade, they always fade and it's fascination and it's enchantment and it fades. And some of you have tasted that fascination, you've tasted that, that fantasy and you've tasted that high and you're not in it right now, but you're spending all your energy chasing it because you need that again. Or there's some of you like, no, I don't want to, it's not the high I'm chasing. There's some of you actually in this room, you're addicted to the breakup. Like it's the low that you chase. Like you're addicted to the fight. That is not the love of the Bible. That is not the love of God. Like some of you are in it. You've been in it, and it's up, and it's down, and I have to ask you this morning. Number one, is that you, and is it the addiction that you're chasing? Because here, listen, pain is on the way. If that is you, pain is on the way. Addictions end up hurting you. And here's the reality. As a society, like we are drunk on this stuff. We cannot pretend that we're not. And I'm talking to believers. I'm talking to non-believers. We're drunk on this stuff. It is likely, likely that the last three songs you listen to, not counting the worship songs this morning, the last three songs you listen to probably sang about the very addiction I just told you about. Like the music industry is not even subtle about it. I went and I looked at some of the top selling artists of 2017. I looked at some of the lyrics of the song they sang. I looked up some Kendrick Lamar lyrics, watched a video. Like, like it's the addiction. It's the high and low of the addiction. Do I even have to talk about Taylor Swift? <laughs> like that, that girl is a wreck. I looked up a song, Pink. She has this title, the title track to her album, Beautiful Trauma. Let me read you some words. I cleaned it up a little bit so you don't need to put your earmuffs on, okay? Like, these are the words to her song. This is not even subtle. We were on fire, I slashed your tires. Okay. Is that psycho? That's that's kind of like Taylor (laughs) Swift-ish. Whatever. Okay, anyway. It's like we burned so bright, we burned out, I made you chase me. I wasn't that friendly, my love, my drug. Think we're talking about an addiction here? The pill I keep taking, the nightmare I'm waking, there's nothing, no nothing, nothing but you. My perfect rock bottom, my beautiful trauma, my love, my love, my drug. That's what we're listening to. Maybe some of us need to take a look at what we're listening to a little more closely and we need to take some drastic measures to beat this relational addiction that we have. The music industry is all about the ultimate highs and the ultimate lows. Like why why are we listening to this? And I would argue it's that we just are feeding our addiction even unintentionally it's not like you turn a song on and say well I want I want to hit no i just think subconsciously we're feeding our addiction and we say this around here every single week our practices shape our beliefs our practices shape our beliefs proverbs 26:11 Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. And the reality for some of you is, like a dog to his vomit, you keep getting into and going back to the same person or the same type of person. And in that type of person, you get your highs and your lows. And in that type of person, you get your fix. That's so unhealthy. It's so unhealthy. Like single people, if that's you, you got to get help. That's unhealthy. Married people, like is this, is this the pattern of your marriage? Highs, lows, highs, lows. I fight, I make up. We fight, we make up. I draw near, I run away. I draw near, I run away. Is that the pattern of your marriage? You're addicted to the high and you're addicted to the lows, and that's unhealthy. I need to get help. Like some of you will literally start a fight just so you can feel loved. That is not love. It's not God's love. That is not love. Love. So, what is love? Okay, I need to be honest with me. How many of you just heard Hadaway's song go in your head? Two of you? Cool. Sorry. They're all too young for that. Okay. You're welcome to all of you who heard that. What is love? It's a great question. Obviously, Hadaway didn't read his Bible but because the Bible tells us here. So, we're going to read that. Look at verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. We have been duped. Like we have been taken. And I'm talking to believers and I'm talking to non believers. We have been taken into thinking love is something that it isn't. We've been duped into thinking that love is equal to desire and connection. Desire and connection isn't hard. Like passion isn't hard. Chemistry isn't hard. Desire and connection can be manufactured. Get in a room. Let's get the right smells in that room. Let's get the right song playing at the right level. Let's get a few drinks into each other. Let's set the right atmosphere. Let's get in a hot tub. That's how you create desire and connection. Don't pretend you don't watch The Bachelor. (laughs) They're masters at creating this. They're masters of manufacturing desire and connection. So I did some studying. Check this out. I looked up like the top buzzwords used on The Bachelor since it was created. Okay? Now, we're going to go over just the top five. That's all. Just the top five. I cannot confirm or deny if The Bachelor is ever on at my house. (laughs) You draw your own conclusions on how I read you this list. Okay? We're going to start at five. We'll go backwards. Number five, most top buzzword on The Bachelor, (laughs) drama. (laughs) She is so full of drama and I am not. I cannot see how he would want to be part of that drama. Number four, blank is the perfect place to fall in love. Now enter a geographic location. Oh, Paris is the perfect place to fall in love. Oh, we are going to Cabo on this group date. It is the perfect place to fall in love. Number three, uh, Amazing. Number two. Oh, this journey has been so stressful. Oh, I don't wanna take that ride. How can you not give me a rose? This journey journeys mess me up. Number one. Oh, I feel such a connection with him. Like, I've never had this connection like I had last night on our date. Yes, idiot, you were in Cabo in a hot tub. That's why you had a connection. (laughs) Do not trust desire and connection, it could be manufactured. Here we go. Desire and connection can happen when you are doing something with someone that you should not be doing. Here's here's a common story. Some pretend it isn't. Okay? You got a couple and they come together, and they had this passion and this chemistry and this desire and connection and desire and connection. That's what they had. And then you know what they had? They had sex. And then they had desire, and then they had connection, and then they had sex, and they had desire, and then they had connection, and then they had sex. And then you know what happened? They got married. And then they realized that desire and connection doesn't exist, and then sex was weird, and then the marriage got weird, and they start drawing conclusions like, oh, maybe we shouldn't even be married. Please do not put relational stock and desire and connection. Desire and connection is cheap. You know what isn't cheap? Patience. Kindness. Not boasting. Unselfishness. Like being married to someone who doesn't always insist on having it his or her way. That's not cheap. You know how many people I know that are in a marriage they would give their life savings if their spouse would be someone who didn't always have to have it their way. And here's a saddening thing that some people have no idea what it's like to experience within a loving relationship, patience and kindness and humility and unselfishness. And that's the love of the Bible. Like, that's the love God designed. Love is patient, verse 4 says. Does patience mark your life? Parents, are you patient with your kids? Does kindness mark your life? Does kindness mark the person's life who you might be dating Oh, yeah, he's super kind to me. He takes me to flame, and then he buys me flat. Look, listen to me. The dude can fake it. I'm talking, how do you tell if somebody's kind? I'm just going to give you a practical example of how you can tell if somebody's kind. I'm going to look at you guys. Right, You find somebody that's working in this church, back there working with kids, here setting up this stuff in the morning. Serving somewhere. That's a good way to tell if somebody's got kindness in them. Are you rude? Because it says love is not rude. Now, let me just do a little bit of an informal poll. How many of you ever heard, like especially girls, like your parents or somebody said, hey, if you're going to date that boy, let's watch how he treats his mama. How many, like something to that effect. You know, okay, right? Yeah? Now, I'm not disagreeing with that at all, but hear me out. Guys, look at me. You watch how she talks to her mom. And I'm telling you, if they fight like cats and they're screaming at each other back and forth, and you go ahead and marry this girl, you'll be in my office or somebody else's office talking about how she doesn't love you well. Now there's some real talk. Watch how she talks to her mom. Love does not insist on its own way. Now, I've been talking a lot to the single people. I'm going to talk to some of the, the married people here. We have, we have some couples, married folks in here, who are parents of like young married couples. Or your, your, your parents are getting ready to be parents of, of some young married couples, okay? Parents, do you insist on your own way? So what are you talking about? Do you insist on holidays? Like you already talked to your daughter, your son, like, hey, Christmas, you will be here. That's a reality. Like, do you shame your kid that has to miss a holiday at your house to go be at a holiday at a spouse's house? Is that you? Because let me tell you something that is unloving and it's selfish. Verse 6 says that love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Do you rejoice in wrongdoing? Proverbs 12, 23 says, a fool will broadcast his folly. Another way to say that, a fool rejoices in wrongdoing. Proverbs 10, 23 says, doing wrong is like a joke to a fool. Okay, listen to me, ladies especially. Like if he's bragging about how much he drank, he does not know how to love you. well, my guy doesn't drink. Okay, is he bragging about cheating his way through a college course? He, he does not know how to love you. Because love doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. People who are not married, is it all about the physical for you? Is it all about the physical? Like, do you rejoice in the physical of your relationship? Like, you love that physical chemistry that you have with them, and it feels good, and it feels right. Here's the reality. In that situation, the person you're being physical with is telling you a ton, and you got to pay attention. The person you're being physical with is giving you a glimpse into your future. Are you ready for the glimpse? Here's the crystal ball here. The person you're being physical with is saying, I follow my desires, and I will always follow my desires. I will follow my sexual urges in the moment. They control me. I will not suppress these desires. And they're telling you, you need to know that adultery is not that far away from me or out of the question. That's a glimpse into your future. You know, I think I, I think I can change them. Like, you know, I can change him. I can change her. Um, I love you, and I'm passionate about this. Uh, no, you can't. Single people, if you're trying to change someone into someone that you can marry Okay, here's your advice. You ready? Quit it. That's not why you date someone. You date someone to find out if they are capable of love, therefore a person that you can marry. And when you find out that they are not, the dating relationship ends. Okay, so let me start and give you, like, just, just let's go baseline here. I'm gonna go baseline with you, okay? Parents of young people, you may want to shout amen at this, maybe not, just listen up. I'm gonna give you the baseline Are they a believer? If they are not a believer, and you are a believer, a follower of Jesus, there is nothing more for you to find out. Like that's an automatic no go. And you can agree to disagree with me, you will be wrong. Let's go back to the text. Verse 7 Love bears all things. What do you mean by bear? Like bear up? Kind of. Kind of. The word used there is stego, which actually means to protect or would literally mean to protect by covering to keep off something which threatens. That's what love does. Covering to keep off something which threatens. Can I give you something practical where you can maybe uh, judge to see is this person a protector and a caregiver? Does this person care? Is she caring? Does she protect? Does she gossip? The answer is no, she doesn't care or protect. Does he gossip? He doesn't care or protect. There's an element of like some self-protection here as well that the Bible tells us. Okay, you go to Proverbs. Some of you have heard this and you probably had this like on your, I don't know, in your dorm room or whatever. Um, Proverbs. Proverbs. 423. You can finish the sentence for me if you want. Above all things, guard your. You got to protect it. You got to protect it. I'm going to speak into something just for a minute. Listen. Guys and girls, or guy and girl, hanging out alone as friends is so unwise. Somebody is not protecting something there. Like, I love you guys, but one or the other will more than likely get hurt. I'm just telling you, that like, God's design is that men, guys and girls were attracted to each other, and you're going to spend time alone with a, guy, a person of the opposite sex thinking you can just remain friends. It's so unlikely. Like, I've done this long enough. It's so unlikely, and it's unwise. Now, married people... I don't know if there's a better word than unwise, but that's utter stupidity for you. You don't hang out with a person of the opposite sex alone if you are married. End of story. Now, you can agree to disagree with me. But you'll be wrong. <laughs> love believes all things. As to say, love trusts. Love Trust, hear me, if there is something that has happened in your past that has caused you not to trust well or to not be trusting, please do not learn to trust on someone else's time that is unloving, that is unkind. Like you don't get to have someone and then not have them at the same time. That's cruel. And I would tell you that if that is you, if that's a situation, you're dating someone that just cannot trust you because of some pain in the past, the loving thing to do in that situation would be to free them up to heal. And that's going to take some unselfishness on your part. And you know what love is? unselfish. Love hopes and endures all things. As to say, love perseveres. Like, are you willing to push through the hard stuff? Like, is there a difficult season and you're sticking to it? Like, you're not Bailing, And I'm not talking like, oh man, like last semester during finals was so rough and she was a rock. Like, man, we stuck through that. That's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about when she gets cancer and loses all of her hair and doesn't have any breasts anymore. Are you staying? Because love perseveres. Love is patient and it's kind. It does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing. It rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Like, do you read that and go, man, I cannot, Brad, I can't love like that. Two things. Number one, the gospel will enable you to love like that. That being said, if you feel like you're not ready to love like that, I will tell you this to the single people, you're not ready to date. Like it's time for you to take a season of life and not date and grow in God And John 4, 1 John 4 tells us this, that God is love. So when you grow in God, you know what you grow in? Love. And it's time for you maybe to take a season and to grow in that. And listen, I'm not talking like a week. I'm not talking even like a month. Like I'm talking about you finding someone that's older than you, maybe that's married, that you know loves well and being discipled by them and learning how to grow in God from them, like, and here's the deal. If that's you, like, yeah, Brad, I need to take that season of life. I need to not date right now. Don't be the guy or girl that says they're going to do this and say, yeah, I'm going to take a year off from dating, right? And then, the, like, this week, you're going to be walking down Missouri State Campus and a girl's going to go by and be like, ooh. No, she's different. And not honor your commitment to yourself. Because here's the deal. She probably isn't different. And even if she is, you're not yet because you haven't taken that season to heal and to grow in God. But let's say she is different. You still need to take that season. If she is different, and you take a year or two years or whatever, and you come back and and you find that person. And then maybe you'll be ready to date by then. But here's the deal, if you're gonna do that, you know what that requires? If that's you, you know what that requires? It requires patience. You know what love is? It's patient. Now, maybe you're married and you're like, man, I hear that, Brad, but I, I can't love like that. Here's what I'll tell you, the gospel will enable you to love like that. And then here's what I'll tell you, you don't get to take time off like a single person would. Like you are a person that needs to purpose it in your heart that quitting is not an option. You need to purpose it in your heart that you are going to individually grow in God and then also together with your spouse grow in God and that's two different things but it needs to happen. And I believe that God will dispense his grace in miraculous ways if you commit to that. And here's the deal, if you're a believer talking to people who are following Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you can love like this. And there can be healing. Now, let me say this to the married people also. Do not be afraid to get help. If you have struggled year after year after year to love like this, reach out and get help before it implodes. Verse 8 says, love never ends. Now, I want to dive down. Go to verse 11 for me. I want to hone in on verse 11 specifically for our single people here, okay? This is right in the middle of like the love chapter. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up. Childish ways. Okay. Listen to me. This is coming from somebody who knows how to be a grown boy. Because I've done it. Okay. So hear me out. Like, children only text girls instead of talking to their face. Children only date for fun. Children, I have four of them. Now, this one, I'm telling you, this is my house. This is the language of my house. Children say mine, 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 mine. How many times I hear mine in a week? My time. My fun. My way. That's how kids talk. I'm not kidding you. I had a conversation with a grown man this week that said, I just want to play basketball whenever I want. So does Brody, my six-year-old boy. Of course you do. That's not what men get to do. It's not what adults get to do. Men will speak to a woman's face. Like you don't ask a girl on a date via text. You go to her like a man and you ask her on a date to her face. That's what men do. Ladies, listen. You don't get, listen, you don't get to break up with a guy via text. That's kid stuff. Go to the guy's face. Be a woman and tell him, I'm not going out with you anymore. Men... And women date with a purpose, and that purpose is to, to be married. Can I say that again? Men and women date with a purpose. The purpose is to be married. I have no idea, parents, why you let a 14-year-old date. Men and women say, I will sacrifice that for you. I will give that up for you. It's not mine. My time I will give to you. My life I will give to you. That's how adults speak. So let's wrap this up. I think most married people in the room would agree with me when I say, um, when it comes to love and marriage, there aren't really like marriage problems. There are single people problems that get brought into a marriage. I don't want it for you. Through God's grace, through his sovereignty, through his hand over your life, through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, you can love well. You can do this. And here's how I know this. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. And Galatians 5 says this, the fruit of the spirit, that spirit is love. It can happen. Now, 1 John 4, 7 says this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. I'm going to say that again. Love is from God. Listen, follower of Jesus in the room, and I know not all of you are followers of Jesus, but if you're a follower of Jesus in this room, hear me. The world doesn't get to tell us what love is. Like God made it. God is it. And that could be some of our problem is that we're mixing water and oil and we're going out there and and our practices are shaping our beliefs and we're listening to things and we're doing things that the world tells us what love is, but then we're coming in here on Sundays and learning a whole different definition and a way that love operates and they don't go together. The world doesn't get to tell us what love is. God, I thank you for love. I thank you for Jesus. God, I, I thank you that no greater love is found than that when we see a person lay down his life for his friends, and, and that's what Jesus did for us. That is the gospel. God, is my prayer in this room. Lord Jesus, you know it is my prayer. God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that in this moment, in this moment, that the boys in this room will turn into men. God, I pray that in this moment, right now, that the girls sitting in this room will turn to women. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, maybe you heard this. You're like, Brad, I've never been loved like that. Like, I, I hear you saying that. I don't even, I've never been loved like that. I've never experienced it. Um, can I tell you in love that yes, you have? Like, isn't God patient with you? Isn't God so kind to you? And I would even, especially if you have any story that's even remotely close to mine, isn't God so patient and so kind? Like, hasn't God protected you? I mean, you're here, right? You're here this morning. That's not an accident. You're hearing this. God, in His grace, has brought you here. You have been loved like this. That is the gospel. okay Brad I got you like okay maybe I have been loved like that but here's the deal with what I've done in my past and uh, like you don't with my story like I don't deserve to be loved like what you're talking about see now we're getting somewhere because you are correct see now that is some gospel thinking right there no You don't deserve to be loved like that. And neither do I and neither does anyone sitting in a chair in this room deserve to be loved like that. And for those of you who are married and you have a spouse that loves you well, you don't deserve that either. But isn't God so gracious? It's the gospel. And we don't deserve it.